0: Want to hear your favorite funny people paired with wine? Want to just hear them whine about something? Hi, I'm Ellen Clifford. Hi, I'm Sean Buckholz. We're the hosts of The Wine Situation. That's wine with an H. We've had Morgan Murphy,
1: Drew Jogie, Brian Safi, Charlie Tanners, and Camille Knox, Paul
0: Pumpkins Tompkins and Janie haddad Pumpkins, Melanie Linsky. They all told us their wines.
2: And we told them about wine. It's
0: totally boozy study hall.
2: So get it everywhere you find your favorite podcasts.
0: That's The Wine Situation. Wine, wine with an with H. H.
2: Cheers! Cheers. Audio podcast. Uh, 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 Check it. You are now tuned in to Fish Out of the Water, where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor. Sweetie and Jeremiah mix it up like honor bombers, making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars. This, this is Fish Out of Water. This is Fish Out of Water.
1: Hey guys, welcome to uh, Fish Out of Water, a comedy writing podcast. Uh, I'm Ryan. What's up, guys? I'm Jeremiah. You want to do the intro? You can do the intro. No, you can do the You're intro. the intro man. I'm the intro man? Okay. So uh, today we have with us a very special guest. Yep. Um, he was a writer on MAD television. Yep. He is uh, on the Herald team, Queen George, and he is on the Mod team, The Bus. Boom. Carl Tart, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 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 Carl. Can you hear
2: me shake my head? Yeah.
1: <laughs> How you doing, man? Great.
2: Great. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Thanks for yeah, coming gosh. on,
1: man. Thanks
0: for
2: coming on. How's your week been? I am having a good week. I'm going to Las Vegas tomorrow for Thanksgiving, so today I've been running around trying to piece together an, a suit <laughs> that'll get the ladies excited.
1: Mm. Yeah, suits do it. Suits will do Probably it. Probably do it. You didn't get a nice suit.
2: Yeah, I don't dress well normally, so like when I <laughs> when I when it's time to like dress nicely, I'm gonna try to do it. Am I peeking at all? <laughs> I feel I'm, I'm nervous about.
1: The levels, yeah. Oh no, it's um, I hit the button and that's what that big spike is. Oh
2: okay.
1: Yeah, I hit cool. the thing like a dumbass. So oh, I want to uh, know more about this Thanksgiving in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family yeah. in
2: Vegas? No, 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 man. It's 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 a it's a it's a writer's retreat of sorts. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm going to Vegas with my buddy uh, Lamar, who's a writer on New Girl, and oh, okay. Phil Jackson, who's a writer on Brooklyn Nine Nine.
1: Oh, nice. And my
2: buddy Aaron Covington who is the writer of the movie Creed with Ryan Coogler. Wow. Yeah. So we're all going to go out there and be, you know, famous. hang hang out and not be famous cuz people don't know writers. <laughs> so yeah. it's a super well,
0: super group of writers that no one knows. No one will know who they are, <laughs> but
2: but hopefully hopefully somebody will like look over at our table at dinner and be like, "Those guys don't look like they belong here but they're here <laughs> who are really they? nice suits yeah yeah, yeah. We, we all went kind of suit shopping <laughs> so this is the podcast
1: about sort of we're both we're both right on sketch teams just as, like as you do mm-hmm. but we're still sort of learning the process we're not like seasoned vets you know mm-hmm. so we figured there's plenty of other people out there that are just like us so we're just going to kind of pick your brain and yeah me. see if we can become super geniuses i'll tell you everything i know great perfect it's not much um, <laughs> oh, it's a lot. That's kind of the weird thing about comedy, though, right? Like, how do you know... the old, There's only really one way to know if you're good at it, and that's if an audience laughs at you.
2: Yeah, that's true. Because you can't judge it on if you get jobs. Because I know a lot of people in this world who get a ton of comedy jobs who suck. Right. Oh. That's why there's probably more TV shows that don't make it than do. Yeah. You Because know? people just, you know, they get a lucky break. And who's to say that I didn't get a lucky break? But, you know, like, it's, it's subjective. The whole business of comedy is subjective so it's it's i i think i've i like to think i put in enough work over these past eight years now yeah i've been doing that i'm at a level that i can talk about it right but i still got a ton to learn just like we all do of course was mad tv your first my first staff writing job yeah before that i was just acting and stuff
1: was it what was it like going in on your first day and mad tv and just sort of being in a writer's room for the first time is it similar to like a, a mod rehearsal or a sketch rehearsal or uh
2: yeah sort of we the first day we met everybody and went in and pitched on a, on basically what the season would be about and stuff like that uh it was very nerve-wracking the when they got when i got the call that i had gotten the job i had just stepped off stage uh from harold from doing a harold and um i got the call and i immediately got imposter syndrome. Like, oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't belong here. I don't deserve this. I don't like when I, like I turned in a packet. I met with the showrunner. I met with other people. I auditioned for the show three times, and then I as oh a, as, a, as, as, an, as actor? an actor yeah oh cool and then I and then I turned in the packet after that because I guess they kind of liked my bits, mm-hmm. and so they were just like yeah let's throw them a bone. I don't know, That's but cool. uh yeah it was great. But um they and then like. I immediately was like, I don't belong here. Like These writers are going to be like all these seasoned sketch writers and stuff like that. And it turned out like over the course of time that like, yes, while they were all seasoned, like people, some people who have been doing sketch for years, like the room was kind of split in between. Like there was me and Brett, who these were both our first writing jobs. Mm-hmm. And John Barinholtz, too, is his first writing job. He's also an actor, performer. And stuff yeah, like that. It's, it's Ike um, Barinholtz. Brother. Yeah, yeah. I Barron his little brother, yeah. And uh, we all were the newest, the youngest people in the room. And I would say, like, John's been doing it for, you know, 10 years. Yeah. And 10 or 12 years, and then I've been doing it for about eight. And Brett has been doing it for a little while, too, mm-hmm. probably around the same as me, like, writing and stuff like that. And uh, there was people in the room who were like like Guy Stevenson and Jim Wise who were like groundlings from back in That's the day. That's crazy and then there was this lady named Maya Williams uh who was like just like on a Harvard Lampoon in college in the 80s oh, that's and crazy. then she came out here and just started working for like Fresh Prince and and uh you know rock and like all the 90s <laughs> nin- like black shows and like she has written a bunch of books and stuff like that so like the people who were like still actively performing sketch were like the three younger people Oh, is Carol Leefer who's a who's a stand up who's like Wrote for wrote for Seinfeld for all these years. Like oh, you'll know wow. if you see her. Like yeah, Seinfeld, she's yeah. pretty dope. And yeah. and uh, Mo Mo Driscoll who writes like uh, romance novels. And so <laughs>
1: that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, did she, I mean, she writes
2: comedy too. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah just she writes, writes romance novels. No, she wrote for like Kimmel and stuff. But like her big thing is like romance novels. Romance comedy. Romance comedy. Oh yeah. nice. I, I don't know. I don't think it's comedy. But <laughs> yeah, she was great. She was my office mate. So oh, we cool. hung out. It was the a uh, a very funny pairing but i love her to death yeah uh but did you, yeah
0: did you guys write together as well
2: i don't think i think we collaborated on one thing the whole time yeah but we don't we just because we were we shared an office didn't mean we had to write together you know mm-hmm. uh i mostly just talked to her about life and stuff cuz she's got so much experience in life like yeah she's like old enough to be my mom so so you start.
0: You said you've been doing this eight years. Is that eight years ago is when you first started to do improv and sketch mm-hmm. or get into comedy? So yeah. we always kind of like to pick pick people's brains on the beginnings. It's always interesting.
2: Um, well, the beginnings for me started like in elementary school when I first got a laugh. And I was like, oh, this is an easy way to cope with me feeling like I don't belong or being a weirdo because I kind of was a weird kid. Mm-hmm. Like, just the, I was real goofy, and the shit that I liked – like, was, was like, different from the other kids in my neighborhood. Like, they were into others. I, like, I played sports. Like, I was a pretty good baseball player. But I was always, like, I was an outfielder. And I would just be out there just, like, making up characters and stories. Because <laughs> <and, like, clears throat> at that age, nobody hits the ball that far. Right. And so, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just kind of out there. And um, My mom didn't make me play baseball
0: because I played one season. That's exactly what I did. I was an outfielder dicking around, and she goes, we got to put you into soccer, because we just need to get yeah, you. need to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. That's
2: when I started playing football and basketball, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I kind of always liked just comedy stuff. And I watched it at a really young age when I wasn't supposed to be watching it, like the sketch that we just watched. Right. Like, that that came on probably when I was two years old, two or three years old. And I have, like, my mom's a fairly young woman that will watch stuff like that. And I have a cousin who's about 10 years older than me who will babysit me all the time, and she liked that stuff. And they would be, like, watching, like, Martin uh you like you so crazy on hbo oh, or oh,
1: funny fucking like
2: Martin martin's half hour or robin harris Bay Bay's kids chris rock in his early days and deaf comedy jam was huge mm-hmm. like i was lucky enough to to be born like right when the black comedy surge like hit mm-hmm. so like like in the 90s in the 90s, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah so um
0: i just found out about hamburger
2: yeah, hamburger, uh, Alonzo <laughs> Hamburger Jones. Yeah. yeah, he used to be on on uh, on uh, what's it called on um, Def Jam, Def Jam, Yeah. And he was really funny. It was
0: a weird kind of thing, but he would say hamburger. That was his bit. That yeah, that, that was show was bit. so
2: important because yeah. those were all the comedians that were shunned by every other TV, not only every other TV show. But every other club in America and stuff. So they had to find their own lanes. And then that mm-hmm. Def Jam came on. It was literally the most popular stand up TV show ever.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I think that's the when Bernie Mac came out. Uh, I can't remember which bit, beat it was, but um, or which bit he was doing. But he just was saying like, "I don't give a
2: fuck." Oh, he was saying, "I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers." <laughs> yeah,
0: that's it. <laughs> Y'all
2: um, don't understand. Yeah. Oh my god. I ain't I... scared of you, motherfuckers. And then he just like, well, and. He improvised that. Yeah. Because the dude before him got booed. Like so like black audiences are notoriously like <laughs> awful. <laughs> but they have the most fun. Like so like they'll give you your biggest laugh or your strongest boo. Right. Like you you rarely ever get with like a full black audience who aren't like comedy nerds and stuff, you rarely ever get like, <laughs> like that was they're not gonna be polite. You don't, get, you don't get the you don't, polite. You don't, you don't get polite. Yeah. Either you get in silence and booze or you get in mm-hmm. uproarious, like we love you, and we don't want you to stop. Yeah. So the dude before Bernie Mac went on, and he got booed off the stage, and Bernie Mac was like, "I ain't scared of you. <laughs> I was like, I'm coming out telling you, I'm not scared of you. Yeah. You're not gonna boo me. I'm too good at this shit. Like I'm out, and, and it was great. It was That's great. so good. that has got to take
1: so much balls.
2: Yeah. Oh, but it was so funny. Like I didn't, I didn't know that, and it still was
0: one of the funniest like the dead fam things I've seen it was so funny man yeah and I just recently fell upon that I can't remember probably within the last couple years Um, and man it made me cry I laughed so damn hard because I'm a big that's me and Carl talked before I love Martin and I was just watching all of Martin's old stuff
2: that's the box set I want to get we were talking about a living color box set I want to get the Martin box set and I think Uh, that's what I'm going to treat myself to if I like Get a job like, yeah. like soon. I'm gonna be like, I don't buy it because it's like 170 bucks yeah, on Amazon. Geez. Yeah, it's expensive, but they, I mean, the show ran for what six seasons? Like all those episodes, like man. it's worth it too. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Shaneane, uh,
0: and yeah, that's Jerome. my comedic upbringing, man. Is Shaneane? Yeah, I, <laughs> I wanted to shit. be,
2: I wanted to be Martin. Like I knew that from an early age. And that was a funny. Uh, uh, another funny thing is I was always a really shy kid. So like the fact that. I wanted to do this, but just not, just couldn't express that in front of people. I was so shy and so insecure for some reason, Mm -hmm. like just didn't want, I remember, I remember getting laughs from my family and stuff and like running in the back room. Like I liked it, but I didn't like it because I felt embarrassed by it. Mm -hmm. Like I remember, I remember all the kids we were at, we were at like a, a family gathering, probably like 4th of July or something at a cousin's house and all the kids are in the pool and, uh. I, I, like, somebody said something, I came back with a really quick, like, quip about it. And it made all the adults laugh. And, like, people started saying, what you learn how to, what you learn then? You smart, he's smart, Alec. You know, whatever. And I'm like, this is the worst. Like, I, this is the worst thing. Uh. And then I got used to it once I got to school. Yeah. And my friends started being like, oh, he's funny, he's funny. And I felt like it made girls like me and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I... That's like, when it
0: took off, when the girls said, yeah. like you. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, you, when you get to be
2: in the popular crowd because yep. you're funny. Yeah. Because, like, I never felt like the most attractive kid or whatever, but, like, the girls always, like, I was always kind of popular because of being a funny dude. Yeah. And so I went, I, I just let that drive me all the way through college. And then I played basketball in college for a year and got cut after that first year and came back to L.A. and was like, uh, what am I going to do? like I I I don't know. I don't want to go back to school. If I'm not playing basketball, I don't want to go back to school. Um so I got to find something now that I can put my mind to that my mom won't force me to go back to school with. Mm-hmm. And luckily, we we moved out here from Mississippi because my mom's an actress. And so she understands it. She gets yeah. it. So like I uh I started doing like background acting and stuff like that and started like trying to focus on on like acting stuff just to get money. And I would right. see these actors in these shows and I was like, I could do this. Like that dude's not funny or that like you know like stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, how do you get to this level? And then so I kind of always wanted to be on SNL my whole life but never told anybody. And so I started researching how people got on SNL. And I kept seeing Second City Groundlings, Second City Groundlings, Second City Groundlings. So I went to the Groundlings website because they had Will Ferrell who was one of my favorite people from SNL. And uh he the, the classes were way too expensive. Oh and yeah, and then I checked the, and there were also like not many like n- notable like black actors on their alumni page, right? And I was like important to me at that time because I wanted to make sure I had like a chance, you know. And then I went to the Second City's website, and the first thing that pops up is Sam Richardson and uh, Edgar Blackman, who are now my friends. Oh, I didn't know cool. who they were at that time, and uh, I was like, okay. And the classes were two hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah, and so I was like. I'll start up there. Oh, I didn't tell you before I was doing that, I started trying to do stand-up because I thought that was the only outlet because I was yeah. like, like I said, I was inspired by Martin and Jamie Foxx and people like that and they were stand-up comedians mm-hmm. and Def Jam, so I was like, I guess I got to do this and I started hanging out at the comedy store and trying to put together like the five minutes of stuff and it was the worst experience <laughs> ever. It sucked. Is, so yeah.
1: is stand-up harder than sketch? In Absolutely. In my opinion, yes.
2: Yeah. It's n- nothing like that collaboration.
1: Yeah, I. that's yeah. what I like about improv and sketch too, I think is that because you, you don't have a fully formed idea. Mm-hmm. You can take it into a room and then they help kind of mold it. It yeah. on it. And stand-up is a lonely, it's a lonely deal
0: out here. At least oh, the, yeah. I haven't done it very much, but um, I, ha- I did go through like a spurt of like, all right, I'm going to try this stand-up thing mm-hmm. and see how it feels. And it's just, it's, oh, man, it's just like it kind of sucks your soul out a little bit because everyone's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I didn't yeah.
2: even know, if I had known what improv and sketch was, like I would have started there. But mm-hmm. the fact that, like, I only knew, I only knew stand-up people, and I would watch SNL, but didn't get that it was sketch comedy. I didn't, I didn't get it. Right. I just thought a bunch of funny people got together and wrote these funny skits, you know, like yeah. or got up and. And I didn't. I watched Who's Line It Anyway, and didn't get that it was improv. Like I just didn't. This stuff didn't compute. And then once I started doing the research on it, I was like, oh, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Okay, yeah, I want to try that. Yeah. And that's when I got into classes. And my mom was like, what do you want for your birthday? I was turning like 20. And she was like, what do you want for your birthday? And uh, I was like, I want to take these improv classes. And she was like, what? Okay. <laughs> but if you don't stick with it, you owe me this money back. I'm not, I'm not paying. She, and she paid for my first level and I ended up paying for the rest of the classes. Oh, that's great. Is and that UCB or? That was at Second City. At Second I didn't City. know what UCB was at the time.
1: Yeah, I didn't know what UCB was until I moved out here. Yeah. Like, I didn't know about it in Chicago. They didn't really talk about it too much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a New York institution, and then, how long have you been out here? When did you move here? I moved here in 2007. Yeah, yeah, so
2: it, it had just gotten out here, like, two years before that.
1: Yeah, and I knew, I knew, I, I knew of IO from Chicago, mm-hmm. and so I started looking at the IO website, and then I, through that, I saw UCB, and there's just something, like, kind of, it's kind of cliche as it sounds now like punk rock about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I just, that's where I started because I was like, oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, nah, man. I didn't know about it. But I'm so thankful that I started at Second City. Because going through the UCB program, nothing against the way they teach. Right. But it's just not, like, I, I don't feel like it's conducive to uh, new people. For sure. You know? Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. I did
0: the opposite. So I did all of UCB and then went to Second City and did mm-hmm. the whole conservatory. And any, anytime people would ask me, I would, I would always say, Go to Second City first, man, like because it gets you up on stage. Yeah, like you get you get to perform at the end of your 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 class, mm-hmm. which I don't know if they do that at UCB. I know they do it for four hundred one. You do a class like,
2: show every level. You do, yeah, um, yeah. I can't
0: remember yeah, now. I think like
2: four hundred one. You do two class shows,
0: but yeah. So Second City, it's just it's weird. Like there's so many different now. You can pretty much you can go to a lot of different comedy schools mm-hmm. and kind of get in their their zone or their click, but. Of all the ones that I've been a part of, Second City is by far the most like loving and nurturing place, especially for new people. I feel like they're really positive, yeah. and for someone like me, like oh. I moved out here and I didn't have a clue of what improv I was. I was just like mm-hmm. you, like I didn't. I just knew some of my favorite comedians went to these places, and when I went to Second City, I took like a free class there, and it was just so welcoming and warming. You know, you were like, "Yeah, this is fun, man." Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It was. I I met. Some of my best friends in life at Second City. And like the first few times, like, like I'm in a show there now called Afros and Ass Whoopens, which is yeah. like, all oh,
1: the, I know that. Great uh, show. I know that one of the dudes in that. Who? I, it's a is it sketch, right? Yeah, it's sketch. Right. sketch. Like a I believe it's like the guy that wrote it. Dwayne? Yeah, Dwayne. Col- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cole Colbert. Colbert, yeah. Colbert. Colbert. He's,
2: yeah. he's one of my like really good friends and like I look up to him a lot and I met him when I first started there and he had already graduated the program but the fact that Second City was such like a family oriented place like he kept coming back and he was still doing shows and then we're on House Teams like I'm actually like with all my friends at Second City they're all like way beyond my class level like they all graduated like a year a couple years before me or a year before me and stuff and we all kind of like convened at the on the House Teams and and uh, when they first started doing house teams at Second City, it was around the time while I was graduating the program. So, like, I'm younger than all of those guys in program wise and sort of age wise. But like, we're all good friends, and I still love them a lot. And like, it's it was a great place. Like, and then once I finished there, I went over. Ooh, excuse me, uh, market. And once I <laughs> uh, once I finished there, I went over and uh, went over to UCB, and it was like. The classes were fun. I met a lot of cool people. Yeah, and then I started uh, hanging out more at the indie shows and stuff like that. And that's when I found uh, my group, White Women. Where we? Oh yeah, yeah. Where we we met? Um, I met Ronnie, Ronnie Adrian, mm-hmm. when I first started doing improv. Because once I started at Second City, I was immediately like immersed in the community. Like that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. So like Second City didn't really have an indie scene like they don't really do like oh student jam like stuff like that. They didn't really have that stuff. So I'd have to go to the UCB community. Anyway, and that's how I learned about UCB. I was like, "Oh, there's another theater." Mm-hmm. Like there's IO and there's UCB. Were you and- back were you around back be-
1: when there was like just TNT or was there already like the clubhouse and crash bar? No
2: clubhouse yet. No clubhouse, but there was TNT, uh Crash Bar, room 101, and like where Eagles Dare came a little mm-hmm. bit after that and like a few more indie shows. That were around that aren't around anymore, and uh, yeah, crash bar TNT room one and I would do all those jams, and stuff like when they had it at the at the little Impro theater. Yeah, and yeah, uh, elephant theater was one. And, yeah, like, what was the one the, off of
0: Santa Monica? Is that the the complex? Is the complex and the elephant? The elephant. The yeah, elephant that's theater. the upstairs or
2: no? That's the, the complex. E- yeah, it? the elephant's yeah. like on the corner of oh, Santa Monica and Lillian,
1: and it's and it's really theatery whenever i've been in there yeah. like they do a lot of plays there so You're there's like, always like random sets and mm-hmm. they'll leave them up sometimes for the improv show so you get like improvising these weird sets yeah, yeah what's yeah. the one
0: about that the clubhouse used to be at
2: uh the clubhouse it used was
0: to... like in a shady it out. was Vermont. like a, it was a
2: house yeah. it was like yeah. a house like a, yeah, yeah that, there, that there's a theater right under it oh, okay. they, they were like in the attic of this theater yeah which was fun how do you like the Sunset Theater? Um I I like it. Mm-hmm. Um for sketch or for improv? For sketch more than improv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like you you're kind of fighting an uphill battle when you're improvising in there sometimes if people don't project, which is another thing that I got to kind of diss UCB on is like they don't teach people to like kind of act, you know, always. Yeah. They just yeah. gonna teach you these these scientific improv rules which are very important. But, like, acting-wise, like I remember a lot of my friends, when we when Sunset first opened, people were like, I don't like improvising. And I was like, hey, man, go downstage and speak up. Like, that stage is big. So just, like, learn the space, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, but I like it there. Mod yeah. Night's really fun there and stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Mod yeah. Night's great.
0: When, it's fil- when it fills up, me and Carl, I used to tape the Mod Night on Wednesday nights. And it's pretty, it's, I think it's the most popular show at um, Sunset
2: now. Yeah, yeah, at Sunset. In Azcat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and when it gets does people it, Does in it there... rival Herald Night, do you think? Or is it not even close yet?
2: Yeah, yeah. Maud oh, Night. I think so. Mod Night and Herald Night both sell out every time. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I've only when... had one one Mod Night that wasn't, like, standing room only. It was just, like, the bottom and the top filled, mm-hmm. but not, like, lined up on the stairs. There's only been, like, right. one or two of those. And same as Herald Night. Like, there have been Herald Nights that have only been... The like the middle, like where the sides. Yeah, the where they don't
1: put anybody on the stage. Yeah, or anything.
2: yeah. and those are but the, like so the last Friday actually, last Harold Friday. I wonder this, why that. This, was. this past Friday, we we weren't we weren't full. Hmm. It was like sparse on the sides, like you know. Yeah, it's getting Maybe. towards the holidays. But that's still like one of
1: the fullest improv rooms in the nation, probably. Oh man, it's great for yeah. sure.
2: And on those night, like on open on first Harold, like that night is always like super packed yeah and that one's when they put people on the stage where you literally are just improvising with people, people at your right feet, there yeah. yeah and it's crazy yeah. like it's that that's a fun environment super warm like literally and figuratively like, <laughs> it's, like hot as hell in there yep. like people's juices are flowing like you it's hard to be bad on that night you know yeah that's great and it's a fun night of comedy
1: um so i want to i want to i want to um i want to jump in and ask you this question real quick because mm-hmm. this is something that I I struggle with, um, when you're, how do you generate ideas when you're doing sketch? Do you use your improv or do you just get in your head or do you just kind of observe? Like what's your process for generating ideas?
2: My process for generating ideas is usually improv and, um, also just stupid shit that I see that I want to see if I can make it into a sketch. Also, whenever I, I get writer's block, I'll challenge myself to make it into like a really dumb sketch. So like something I'll be like, "Oh, that would be funny." And then I'd go, I go, "I could never do that." And I'll be like, "No, you're going to do it and make it bad." And then once you put it all the way down, you read it again and you go, "Okay, yeah, I can take that out and take that out and put this here and put that there and like rearrange it." And it's like it's like it's like you cut out a pieces to a puzzle and now you just have to put the puzzle together. So like I that's how I I generate sketch material also um it's like funny stuff that if I'm like talking to myself and, like, I cracked myself up on doing something stupid and silly, I'll, I will, like, send a message to one of my mod friends, like, Patrick McDonald, and be like, yo, I just thought of this dumb thing. Like, <laughs> will you write something that I can do? And he goes, yeah, I think it's stupid and hilarious. Like, let's try it. And oh, so, that's
1: interesting. That's something I haven't had a chance to ask anybody about because you're actually an actor on Mod Night. Mm-hmm. And and there it's different like I IO we get to be writers and performers. Really? Yeah,
2: yeah, I was on an IO team for a long time.
1: Oh, were you? Which one were you on? DJ Fawcett. I didn't know you were on that team. Yeah. I had a, a buddy that was on that team, um Jesse, Jesse Klein. Klein. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it's a good we team. We weren't on at the same time. Oh, you
2: weren't on at the same I was time. on the original incarnation. That team went through a lot of different changes. Yeah. That was it was, was, on it, was forever. it was barely it was like barely the same people when it in that last show. That oh that's funny. Yeah. That's
1: that's weird. I wonder why they do that. Why do you break up a team? give it a new name at a certain point
2: they didn't rename it they just they kept it no they kept the kept name hmm. and they just kept replacing people <laughs> um, I, I was the, I, I was the second person to leave the first person to leave with this was this kid adam who was a writer who i wonder how he's doing now because he kind of just left and didn't tell anybody like, he kind of just
0: well left the city he'll listen to this cause yeah a lot of people do adam yeah. how you doing man <laughs>
2: message me on facebook and let me know yeah how you doing uh, I haven't seen you in four years. <laughs> so when you're so when you're writing so when you're so when,
1: so with, with, as an actor on Mod Night, if you have a sketch, you can't really bring in the sketch yourself. You're gonna have to yeah, you have to pitch it. You have to pitch So that's have,
2: the, that's the difference. Yeah, with IO and with UCB, which I kind of like in a sense. A because I don't have to do the work of writing it, <laughs> and 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 B, uh, it makes the writers hungrier to do stuff. Because I remember when I was on Fawcett, like. I'd submit two sketches a month that had me doing something silly. Yeah, that I was like, I'm just gonna write for myself, like in case other people don't write for me. Mm-hmm. So like, yep. that's kind of how the whole thing went. Because we only had at that time, like DJ Foster like eight people, and it was six six actors and two writer actors. Like so, like oh no, six actors, one writer actor, and one writer, and that was Adam. Oh, who okay. Just want to be a writer. But he couldn't write a whole show by himself, so everybody had to submit for it. Right. And it was fun like that, but with MAUD, like it, I, I think it makes for a a, uh, a super quality show, hopefully, uh, when you have six hungry writers who want to get their material up and six hungry actors who are pitching and want to do certain things. Right. Because like, I know a lot of like my uh, friends, uh, Matthew, Brian Cohen, and Patrick McDonald, who wrote on my last MAUD team, Glendale, they say, we like to you to pitch us one sentence and we turn it into something. And usually when that happens, like they'll still take suggestions of like, hey, what if we tried to do it this way? Or what if we said this here instead of that? But they they write what you kind of wanted to see in your head but didn't have the wherewithal to put down on paper. So like if I'm in the car singing a stupid country song and I go, it will be funny for the audience if I sang this song. And I, sent, I go to Patrick and I go, hey. I was just singing this dumb country song. Can you write me a sketch? And then he writes a sketch about the country divas, and I'm playing Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, that's what we did last week, <laughs> I mean, last month, and it was really fun. And so, did like, you
1: play Tracy Chapman? Oh yeah, you yeah, did. yeah. In yeah. a sketch, you mm-hmm. played.
2: So you played a lot of women scenes. Yeah, I played, Yeah, I did a lot. I did a lot. That's that's really fun for me. It's his rap now. Carl's known for that. Yeah, I do, I do that Tracy Chapman a lot now. Yeah. Oh, do you really? Yeah, yeah. That's like one of my go to characters. It's super funny. Uh, yeah, no, I've seen it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Do you, Um. did you Did you start on a mod team first and then go on to Harold or was it Harold and Mod? It was Mod first. Mod first? Yeah. Yeah, because c- uh, going back to what you were saying about being on, uh, on IO team, yeah, we have, I think there is something different to having writers and, actors that do both because you do you're selfish i know i'm selfish like when i write Mm -hmm. it's all writing stuff for me because we have one writer it's brett Mm -hmm. like that's it he's our only writer and we even try to put him in sketches he hates it (laughs) yeah he hates it it. He does not want to act there is like this hungriness that you build when you have people that solely write and solely act Mm -hmm. and i think um, yeah most of the mod shows i've seen are they're they're great they're some of the best sketch shows i've I've seen. And it, yeah. I think that's part of the, the reason why. It's because you have these hungry, young comedians who want to specialize, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in, their, in their thing.
1: Yeah. But what the fuck do I know? Yeah, I know. Well, I don't know <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> so can you walk, kind of walk us through a little bit? Like, um, I just think this is really interesting. So as you're, if you have an idea and you want to pitch it to another writer, because I feel like you have to be even more precise then so that mm-hmm. they get your idea as yeah. opposed to pitching something, because you can always pitch something as a writer, and then sort of if it doesn't hit, you can just write it and bring in the sketch. But like, this is what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. But as an as a performer, can you sort of walk us through how you would pitch like to, a character bit to like to Patrick, Patrick or, or somebody
2: like that? I literally like because he is a writer and he's like wants to specialize in that, and he's also a really good actor too. Yeah, he's but, very funny. Um, he uh, I will hit him up and say. Here, like, I'll show you a text message. Uh, I'll read it to you. Will we just... Uh, we can vamp here. We can vamp. Uh, be right back. Technical difficulties. Mm-hmm.
0: Tweedy took his shoes off.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't
0: wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> me and Carl have shoes on. Tweedy has no shoes Is this shoes a no-shoe on. house?
2: No. No. Because my feet stank. <laughs> no. You take these shoes off. Stanky um. shoes. Uh, okay
0: um you look very professional oh, yeah. do oh, yeah. i oh, yeah, yeah. without my shoes on yeah without your shoes no i'm being serious you know oh it's it's uh your one year anniversary yeah, yeah. i got married No, uh, one
1: year i <laughs> do no, for your house right yeah one year anniversary of my house two <laughs> years today is actually my two-year wedding anniversary two years wow
2: so okay so i i, I got it so okay. my, my okay. pitch for you yeah a guy who goes into apathetic shock Because I thought about that, I was I was was doing this bit, I was doing this bit where, like somebody said something, and I'm just like, I don't care, and I kept doing this like, yeah, until I was like, like like like, so not caring, yeah, a person who's just like rolling his eyes and like just can't stop doing that, and like I'll I'll say that to Patrick, and he'll almost be able to picture me doing the physicality. Because he knows that I'm a physical performer. Right. So he'll be able to be like, oh, yeah. And that's literally all I'll say. So, like, maybe he's at a cocktail party and he doesn't care about anything. So people ask him questions and he just rolls his eyes and shrugs. And maybe says, I don't care. Until he starts to shrug and roll high so much that he starts seizing. <laughs> like, well, I don't care. I'm Like, like almost like shorting out. Mm-hmm. And then, uh Yeah.
0: What did that, did that turn into a sketch
1: that was on? It hasn't
2: turned into one yet. Well, not yet. Uh, that's the, so I'm giving away some juice right now.
1: <laughs> so when it. Don't d- steal this bit, listener. <laughs> and when it does turn into a show, you'll let us know. We can come watch it. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. see if it's the same as what you just pitched.
2: Yeah. And But Patrick will put his own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I trust him a ton because he's so good at what he does. And Yeah. It'll be something, he'll make it better. And he'll, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll give it a game. He'll give it a, like, a strong base. He'll give it a beginning, middle, and end, like. It, and it's just me Like I, I Literally put I was like It'll it'll be just a physical bit On my behalf With music and lyrics Written by Patty McDonald And like That's like Yeah it's, Cause that's kind of way he does It's like a rapper Who can Like come into a booth And say stuff <laughs> The person The producer Patrick is like the producer
1: That's great He's a super funny dude yeah. uh, I watched him on Knuckle Puck A few times Yeah And he was on another team Why is my memory so the shitty The Dukes Thank yeah. you
0: do you practice pitches
1: like no? no?
0: Practice pitches like um, like. Do you have to write down like? How long does it take you to formulate that sentence in your head? Is it just like this is it? This, this is it. This is a small this is bit. All,
2: this is all I have right now. It's basically what it's saying. Like when you're collaborating with somebody and it's something that's all you have. Because I mean, especially as improvisers, like let's say we're in a room together. Let's say we're pitching something to each other right mm-hmm. now. Like you have an idea. Like uh, I got an idea about a, a crazed football fan. Who, like, really hates the quarterback of his favorite team? Okay, but it's his favorite team, so he loves it a lot. But he just really hates this dude because he slept with his girlfriend in high school. And then you pitch something to me on that about an interaction that you guys would have. We set what the game is, yeah, and then we just play it. And that, after that, it's just jokes. That's easy.
1: Yeah, the joke parts is the easy part, yeah? Well, that's what they say. Listen to me talking like I knew what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> joke parts are easy, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> making,
0: making people laugh. Jokes Ugh. all
1: day. Framing everything up. Well,
0: my, the reason I bring it up is because I'm a, I'm a dummy when it comes to... I have all these... Maybe it's because I just have too much in my brain. And then when I go to project it out, most of the time, it's like, that doesn't make any, any sense. Maybe you should go and think about it a little bit more. It, it
2: does make sense when you do it. I've directed... I've directed Jeremiah here. And oh, yeah, that's right. It, it makes... The show never came into fruition. Did not. But uh, it makes sense when you do it. You're very funny. It's I think one thing that a lot of people get caught up in this world is is with simplification. Mm-hmm. Just like, you got a funny bit. Literally dumb it down. Like, without without making it dumb, dumb it down. Take, take this piece and bring it down. So, like, remember we, like, worked when Dwayne wasn't there, and I'd be like, all right, let's try... Like with Ali or somebody like that, mm-hmm. like let's try to, like, you got this bit. No need to over improvise it. No need to keep saying stuff because that's how Second City creates sketches, just straight up through improv. Like, people yeah. don't write stuff down, which is
1: I like it. Oh, you, so like you never it. even write a, a full on sketch
2: there? Yeah. Second City, now, you you improvise it and re-improvise it until you get the beats down, and then the director can usually be like, all right, let's take this out and let's try this or say this right here and do that stuff like that. You know, let's let's come up with a pitch on this thing. And just like, literally, we're we going to hit this three times. What's the funniest thing that you heard in that? Let's keep playing that moment, which is kind of what they teach you at UCB. Like, right. What's the funniest thing about this? So you got your premise. You got your character. First person going to come in and straight man you. And also that person needs to know that they're straight manning. So, like, stop trying to out-funny yeah. the weird guy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, so that... It's, it's it's just it's literally about simplification. It's so important. that People forget forget that you know, like yeah. three line scenes, like the warm up. Yeah, like get to that point, get to the point quick. I learned that a lot when I was at Boom Chicago. Oh, that's uh, right,
1: man. That's such an important thing. I can't believe I haven't. I totally forgot you were at Boom. Yeah, so you yeah. got back
2: like what a two years ago. Two maybe? years ago, yeah. Um, Explain I, what Boom Chicago? I don't know what that is. Boom Chicago, yeah. For those who don't know, is an improv and sketch theater in Amsterdam, Netherlands. That uh, they hire American actors to come over and perform for a year or however long they want to stay. And uh, I stayed for a year because I did not want to stay longer. <laughs> but, was, it, was it just it hard? Was tough. It was tough. It was tough living in another country. Yeah. But um, yeah. What, what was I, the
0: toughest part about living in Amsterdam? The cold. Oh yeah. The cold weather.
2: Fuck. The cold people. <laughs> yeah. uh, I miss my friends I miss my community yeah, yeah this community is very important to me and it's something that I didn't want to leave and uh, I, I missed my family here I missed like I just, I just I'm just i not the type of person that can just uproot and leave somewhere mm-hmm. that's that far away and that much different than what like if somebody's like hey man I'm I'm hiring you to write on this TV show that films in New Orleans then I'm be like yeah I'll go do that that's easy though I know how to talk to people in New Orleans
0: right like, and it's a short trip flight yeah it's a short trip yeah. Yeah. I want
2: to come home on the weekend I can do that like it's a three hour flight So, uh, that was tough just being there like that. But what that place did teach me was how to get to the point because people can't, people that don't speak English as a first language can't take you creating a ton of exposition at the front of your scenes. You got to get to it. You got to be physical. You got to use your environment. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just stand there and talk to somebody, you know, like they don't want to watch that because they don't even understand what they're looking at. They're like, wait, they're making this up. Wait, this is not, this is not written. It's written like i would get like so i would get people would get mad <laughs> at us after shows and be like this is fake you you did not this is fake you you did not know you you didn't like we play like party quirks and stuff like that like yeah. those easy games that oh, right. we like kind of have like stuff yeah short form that we kind of have a a shorthand when we do it so like you know right. if somebody's doing this like they're talking about motorcycle you know like so we make it harder for the audience to get but People would literally come up to us in the bar and be like, okay, so where were you standing so you could hear what they were saying? Because you did, you got it, and I don't believe that you actually did not know. Wow, I'm like, yeah, nice. we did, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't make it. No, no, I don't. And that's also, that was another tough thing for me with Dutch people, because they did that a lot. And that's a, just like a personality thing that. Some people could easily get over but that would just grind my gears when they would come up to me and be like, okay, uh, so yes, it it was a funny show. (laughs) Uh I did not... (laughs) Well, thank you for letting us know. I did (laughs) not like every part of it uh, when you did this <laughs> when you did this one thing that was not funny uh, have you ever seen the Dutch comedian and I'm like, I don't I don't give a shit about him man get out of my face like that, that was very that was very annoying that would get old quick oh man every uh, single show oh yes it was funny uh, <laughs> I did not when I first saw you walk out I said oh uh, the black guy is going to uh I, I don't know I don't usually like the black humor but they would say stuff like that. Yeah. But they don't, like, right. of course, that'd be weird to say here. Right. But I right. get culturally, I, it's you know, just different there. I got what he was saying. Right. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't like Chris Rock's bits. Right. And something like that. Which also stop talking to me if you. Don't <laughs> right. <do that. laughs> yeah. But um, I did not. I do not usually like the black humor. But you would not uh, like the normal black humor uh, because you were doing the uh, what is it Uh But uh, it was it, it was okay. I'm happy I came. And I'm like that's the biggest compliment yeah. you get from a Dutch person. I'm like I yeah. don't, I don't react well to this type of energy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. I. Some people be like, dude, let it go. Like, why are you getting upset Because I, like, I don't like when people talk to me like that. I, got, yeah. I don't. Like, <laughs> right. Like just are,
1: Don't tell me you didn't. Like just don't say anything to me at all. Don't say
2: anything to me. That's right. fine. Like, yeah. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Yeah. And I'm not. I don't want you to blow smoke up my ass. Don't come up to me and lie to me. Right. But mm-hmm. don't say nothing to me. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's just their culture. That's how like okay. they go. Dutch people are very direct. I was like, well, what you say is direct. I say is kind of rude. Right. Yeah. But like, and that's not the worst thing. Like people come up to you like, oh, this one time when your shirt came up, you you were very fat. But, <laughs> Jeez. Like man, get the fuck get out of my that's face. That's insane. Dude. I can't yeah, believe
0: that people would be that forward. But you know, fuck man. Yeah. Whatever. I'm country. thinking of myself like, I would. My my instinct is like, why would they give a shit about what I think? You know, like I don't I don't care what they think, so why would I think they care? You know, if when I say, get right. drunk,
2: when I would get drunk, I would literally say stuff like that because <laughs> people would come up to me, like say I am in a club and I got a sticker on, like I am wearing a hat and the sticker's still on it, and the girl, oh, would come right. to right, why do you have the sticker on your hat? It's stupid. I don't. Like, I go, hey, girl, I don't care what you think. If you don't get the fuck out of my face, like, right now, like, I'm not happy to be here. I don't even want to be in this club. Like, unless we're going home together, leave me alone. Did you, were you on the boat, too, Second City? Uh, No, I didn't do that. I didn't, I I had to cancel. okay. I got hired for a boat, and I had to cancel when I got mad. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 not when I got mad, when I got party over here. The other sketch TV show that I was on. Oh, oh okay. Well, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I canceled, the, I canceled on her twice, so she's never going to hire me again. <laughs> that's thank you so much for the opportunity to be on Second City Cruise ship. Let's jump into, Should we the, jump into the
0: sketch real yeah, quick. Yeah, let's jump into the sketch.
1: Okay, we're so we're going to try something new, different than what we usually do. We're going to just kind of read it like a cold reading would be done in a room. Okay. Because I feel like that's probably more conducive to the way you'd actually give notes. All right, so Carl's going to read Jimmy and Mom.
0: Tweetie's going to read stage as well as dad, and then I'm going to read the doctor.
1: Okay, Nice. Yes, let's do it. Here we go. Um, interior hospital, Jimmy wearing a hospital gown and sipping from a juice box has just, just woken from a coma. His mom and dad are standing around his bed.
2: So what happened? I don't remember anything.
1: You were in a car crash, son. You've been in a coma for just about eight months now.
2: But don't you worry. Everything's going to be...
1: Dr. Ferdinand enters holding a medical chart. He rushes up to Jimmy and uses a medical pin light to check his pupils.
2: How long has he been awake?
1: Uh, Fifteen, maybe twenty minutes.
0: Has he shown any signs of abnormal behavior? No, he seems just
2: fine. What's going on?
1: Dr. Ferdinand uses a reflex hammer on Jimmy's knees.
0: I am Dr. Ferdinand Hitzpa. I'm here to evaluate your son and determine if he gained a coma power.
1: Oh. What's a coma power?
0: Uh, Upon waking from a coma, some patients exhibit a newfound gift. Speaking fluently in another language, being a musical or mathematical savant, these are coma powers. Uh, Can I get a violin in here?
1: A nurse enters carrying a violin. She hands it to Jimmy and exits. Everyone stares at him as he debates on what to do. Jimmy looks to his mom. Beat. Go ahead, Jimmy. It's okay. He begins to play. It's terrible, the doctor sighs. Uh, Let's not
0: fret. There's a coma power in there somewhere. We just have to find it. Uh, Language cards, please!
1: Nurse enters carrying large poster boards with foreign languages on them. Do any of these make sense? Jimmy looks around with a blank face.
2: No. Uh,
1: Mom and Dad both sign now. Doctor writes on a piece of paper a mathematic formula. And this? Jimmy looks at it.
2: Looks like a racetrack with two crocodiles on the end of it.
1: Uh, Everyone groans loudly with disappointment. Well, he could just have a tier two power. Doctor is checking
0: Jimmy's skin and hair.
2: What's a tier two power?
0: Well, tier twos are like less impressive, but
1: still highly interesting. For example, bring in Thomas. Nurse enters in with Thomas in hand. He's dressed like a normal college student. Hi, Thomas. Uh, The doctor pulls over a pack. uh, The (laughs) the doctor pulls out a pack of Crayola crayons from his pocket and throws them on the ground.
0: What color is missing from the... Carnation pink. Thomas is the rain man of crayons, a skill he acquired after coming out of coma.
1: Thank you, Thomas. The nurse grabs Thomas by the arm and escorts him out of the room as he speaks to the doctor. Can I go home now, please? This isn't worth you keeping me here for six months. Well, as you can see, I'm often
0: criticized for collecting these patients, but each one has a key. A key to what? A key to creating your own superpower. If I can find the link to see what happens, I can create it myself in a surgical room.
2: I'm sorry, doctor, but I don't think I would be of any help. I feel, well, great, actually.
0: The doctor puts his hands on his hips. All right. Well, if, for whatever reason, you discover some newfound talent, please just give me a call.
2: Can I get a cup of water? (sighs)
1: Sure thing. The doctor crosses the stage to get a cup of water.
2: Hey, Mom? Yes? Why didn't you tell me your parents were divorced?
1: Mom looks to Dad with a shocked face. Doctor slowly walks back over.
2: I don't think that's something we...
1: Did you know that they were divorced?
2: I never told him because I didn't want to upset him.
0: Oh, we, I think we found our coma power. Get the staff in here.
1: Various hospital staff line up in the room opposite of Jimmy.
0: Now, Jimmy, can you tell me which of these people's parents
1: are divorced? Jimmy points and says either divorced or not. Is that correct, everyone? The staff all nods and says yes.
2: That's the coma power I got? I can tell whose parents (laughs) have been divorced? What the fuck?
1: We need a larger sample pool. He turns to the audience.
0: These people will do. Jimmy, please go down the line. If he gets
1: gets just but one wrong, please speak up. Jimmy goes to the audience members and plays, either divorced or not. He stops at an audience plant.
2: Orphan? Yes.
1: Hot dog.
2: (laughs) 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 Who wrote this one? I did. Okay. What was your inspiration? Uh, So um,
0: I, I read in a news article the other day that some kid woke up. Being able to speak fluent Spanish, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What if you woke up just had a shitty power? Yeah, like you woke up and you could." Um, and so I saw that
2: man. you got the kid that got kicked in the head. Yeah, playing soccer. Yeah, yeah. <coughs>
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's where that kind of based out of, and I, uh, I guess I didn't, I knew it was a funny idea. Or at least to me, it was funny, and I didn't exactly know <coughs> how to how to frame it up. So I went with this route where it's just like a doctor interested in in a kid who has a bad power. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, I would say, uh, for starters, we can start it by everybody being in the room mm-hmm. and like the doctors in the room and the parents are there and the kid is like, Oh, what? oh my God, he's waking up. He's waking up. Jamie, you've been in a coma for six months. What? What happened? And that's when you can like go into and, uh, Like that's like, well, we have to run some tests and we have to, you know, the doctor, like, who's like this maniacal guy, Mm -hmm. like that's fine in a, in a, in a sense. But I think if Jimmy is the, is the person, well, they they can all be like excited for a power. This doctor could, this doctor could still be a weird person, but like, uh, upon like, you know, like him explaining, we can still explain it and stuff, but he should be already there. Okay. Like, so, like, well, we have to run some tests, and we, like, maybe the kid can say something like, oh, I, want, I just want to go home. Well, you can't go home yet. We have to run some tests. We have to check you out, see if your vitals are okay. And also, we have to find out your coma power. <laughs> and the parents are like, what? What? Like, and the kid's like, coma power? What do you mean? And you go in, like, most people, well, not most. By most, I mean two in this year. <laughs> have, uh, experienced, you know, weird happenings when they get out of a coma. One boy was kicked in the head and was able to speak Spanish. Another girl speaks with a British accent now, and she's from Texas. So I want to know where your coma is, where your coma power is. And maybe some, like, you, you're you not. I like the testing part, like, bring a violin. No, that's not it. Uh, do this. No, that's not it. Uh, but what if it, you guys stumble upon it like you did randomly, but it's worse than that. Mm -hmm. Like what if. Like his powers worse. His power is worse than just him being able to tell whose parents are divorced. Like, I think these give us opportunities to make dirty jokes. We -hmm. can take the low road, you know, like (laughs) like every time somebody walks in, like a nurse can walk in and would you like a cup of water? And he shits himself or something like that, you know. Like, I yeah. want to know something different than like you're being able to tell whose parents are divorced. Okay, you know, yeah, because that's that seems like a a further stretch than like like I'm not intrigued by. I'm like, you could tell whose parents are divorced. Like, yeah. it doesn't. I know it's. I know like it's not realistic, but like that's not. I'm not a, even if I saw that in real life, I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's like when people out here speaking Spanish. Maybe that could be it. Mm-hmm. His power is so lame. Like, like he got a coma power. Like, it doesn't even have to be said in there. Like, I, since I woke up from the coma, I've been feeling weird. And something. he does something, and the doctor's like, oh, my gosh, your kid's got a coma power. Mm-hmm. Like, this this is so rare. Like, there's a kid who speaks Spanish because they're kicking the head. And then he goes, what's yours? And it's just a shitty one. And mm-hmm. like, ah, somebody knock him back out? <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. just like a, a that shitty. That could
1: be a funny visual, too, just watching someone get knocked out and then come back and see what their power is. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, knock you him, know, him out and see, see if it changes. The, knock
2: yeah. him out again and see if it changes. You yeah. know, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh but yeah, overall, like the game is there. Yeah. I do like going for like the violin and and like setting up like this doctor's like trying to find it. Mm-hmm. Good character stuff. Could probably trim a page off of it.
0: Yeah. Um I, I wonder if like, because I kinda made the doctor the weird one here, and do you think it's advantageous to make the because when I played around with this a little bit, I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, I can either I can either make the kid want to have the power and him be the odd man out, and then just the doctor be a normal doctor because mm-hmm. that makes it more like legit world, like you know, that plays into the the world better." I think.
2: Yeah. Versus,
0: um, do you think there's a route I could go by making that kid, you know, the the weird one?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I definitely do. I I think that's what it is. Like his power is bad like okay. his powers like he knows all of vanilla isis lyrics right and like every time he talks he'll stop <laughs> like someone like and they're just like oh, i don't want to hear that all yeah. day yeah you know and the, and the doctor is like I've, I've never seen this like this is a, a marvel of <laughs> medicine like this right is a, a so he can wand. still
0: be interested yeah yeah, yeah yeah but
2: also you don't want to steal focus from the game for sure it's like right. when there's too many people who are going nuts mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to, you know? What yeah. about
0: bringing more people like, in, like uh, the Rain Man of Crayons? Like I, more I, bad coma I, stuff or just kick that out? I could
2: kick that out. Okay. I could get rid of that person because, like I said, it's kind of cluttering it. And, mm-hmm. like, it's once again like making this doctor like this. Like, I can picture this doctor with, like, a Phil Spector wig on and coming in with that accent and stuff like that. I can picture that character. And that character, you know, shouldn't be abandoned because it's, it's funny. But also, like, I th- I think the 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 i think the game of what you probably were trying to aim for would be person wakes up from a coma and everybody hates his power yeah and so even though people are still weird mm-hmm. cuz like who would be like like most people would be like i'm just happy to have you out of a coma but mm-hmm. like everybody's like I, I just can't listen to you rap these vanilla ice lyrics anymore like somebody knock him out and so people are like having like a, a skillet Bye. <laughs> And he wakes up again and he's like stop Collaborate and this. You know, whatever like is whatever his next power is. He he can get a different power every time. And then like every at the time. end. And then you get a height and
1: how shitty that power I, is. Yeah, you get the height and yeah. how
2: shitty the power is. And at the end, you know, there's like a line of people like the airplane line where everybody just banging them over here like, let, <laughs> me <try>. yeah, <laughs> let me try. <laughs> let yeah. me try. Let me do this. Yeah. Yeah. And like his power is stupid again. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah and yeah. that's really
1: funny because then you can get in all the kind of other ones you went through in your head before you settled on divorce you know yeah. what i'm saying like that could even be one of the ones that pops up then mm-hmm. you're divorced you're divorced you're not divorced like who gives a shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No cares which is funny because going back to what you said earlier it feels like basically what your overall note is and maybe i'm i'm, I'm wrong but it seems like it's simplify it
2: yeah and
1: mm-hmm. then take time to kind of play with the jokes mm-hmm. and find the jokes which is basically the two things you said earlier yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah because it i mean some people say get to it quicker but you you do get to it pretty quick. It's like first three lines and then it happens. Yeah. But it's it it gets into it. It still stretches out kind of. How long has he been awake? Has he shown any signs of abnormal behavior? I'm doc- uh, Let me introduce who I am. Yeah. And it's like that's already you know too much. Yeah. So like have everybody start in the room. Gotcha. And then like he's waking up mm-hmm. and then he wakes up and does something weird mm-hmm. and the doctor goes oh my gosh it's a coma power let's see what it is and it's something shitty.
0: Gotcha.
1: Yeah. That's get, great. Get to it and then simplify it. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. That was perfect. That was a that was very uh, s- succinct.
0: I'll let you know when I put this up. Hopefully Sweet. it'll be at I.O. December 12th. Yay, yay. Yeah. yeah. Um and More... now um oh no go ahead, Jeremiah. No, I was gonna say, say same thing as you, chat about yes. Yeah. Okay. say it. Uh Carl brought in uh, uh he, we asked him to uh tell us a sketch that he loved or liked or that inspired him that we could kind of chat about and uh, we'll put the link in the the description and it it was you have it up there you can read it
1: I can't see it Funky oh wait no that's the new one that's that's another one but Funky
2: Finger Productions is a a sketch between David Allen Greer and uh, Tommy Davidson from In Living Color in the early 90s where they play these two like crooked they play these two crooked like producers who are trying to like be Hollywood people but they're both Criminals, yeah, and like crooks, and they just—it was really funny to me as a as a four year old, three year old, two year old, like when I was younger. That makes me feel so old. Yeah, and I was like twelve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just really liked it when I was a kid, and I think it's really funny. And I I wanted like like Martin. I wanted to be like Tommy Davidson, like because he was just so physical. And I think a lot of my comedy now is inspired by a lot of physical comedians from that time, and like people who could do stuff that was just so funny. And that sketch. Like the game is there, but it's so not. It's such like a sketch from people who taught themselves how to write a sketch. Like I'm, right. funny, I'm just gonna write this skit. Like yeah. it's it's so that yeah. you know yeah yeah. Because yeah,
1: exactly. when I was watching, I was like, I was trying to figure. out, I was like, well, the game. There's definitely a game. Yeah, but it didn't feel as like math. I don't like to use that word, but it didn't feel as mathematical or as formulaic as a lot of the games you see that sometimes. we do now. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It was just kind of all. It was just like two people being funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they would have like these extra people, and so I guess the game was like this: the straight man is the Asian guy who's like, "I just want my car back," and they're like, nope, we're gonna sell this to you." Yeah. We're gonna, and so it's it's really funny. Yeah,
0: you talk about like I guess I didn't realize until the Asian guy came in at first, like Jim Carrey comes in. And he's like, I'm just trying to put in your phone. Like, they had a lot of like. That was a, stuff
2: such on. a throwaway joke. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, like the fact that they were like, "Ooh, let's look busy and be on phones." And the guy goes, go, "I'm here to fix your phones." Like, oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And Jim
1: Carrey, I think I said I said this before. Like, no matter, he can't do a straight man. Like, I, just, I, I, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless have Mind. Have you I seen guess.
2: the number twenty three?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, Eternal Sunshine was good like he's very serious the 20 the number 23 was very weird but like when i see him do like comedy like i've never seen him just play like a straight man mm-hmm. like every straight man is like a humongous character but not in the way like that like drew tarver does it where his straight men are often characters you know but they're yeah. not like so over the top like like a jim carrey character mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah is was... jim was just being jim yeah that's yeah. all he was ever doing when i, I bought a vcr um in actually no my girlfriend's mom bought a vcr in like 2002 let's say so way after you needed a vcr and the movie that came with it was a movie called Rubber Face and it was a Jim Carrey movie from when he was in college
2: really yeah
1: and it was the in like the 70s yeah probably or early 80s um and all I remember about it was he had really bad teeth so apparently <laughs> he got them fixed when uh he got the money that's like my one takeaway from that movie. That's funny. And it wasn't funny. It was a horrible movie. Oh, man. Yeah. I love how your VCR just came with a tape. Yeah. Just came with that, that one. That Goodwill special. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So look at that magic hour. There we are, right? We said we wanted to be. Boom. Um, Bye.
2: Yeah. yeah out, we're out. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, yeah. Let's do some plugs. Plug it up. Plug, um, plugs. You can always catch me at Harold Night, UCB, Monday nights. Or Thursday nights or Friday nights. Check your local listings. Uh, um, I'm on the team Queen George. And I'm on the Mod team, The Bus. I'm on the improv province Sketch team, White Women. We have a show every second Friday at UCB Sunset at 10.30 p.m. called Your Token Friend. Come by and tell us a story about how you were a token in a situation yeah. or how one of your friends was a token. Maybe you were a group of white kids who hung out with one black kid. What was that kid like? What were you doing <laughs> that was cool to you guys? Or maybe you were a white kid who hung out with a bunch of black kids. What was that experience like? Or maybe you were an Asian kid who hung out with a bunch of uh, Mexican kids. Like, you know, like yeah. but whatever it is. Whenever you were a token in a situation, whenever somebody looked to you as the different, as the other like, whenever you felt other bring those stories, and we'll improvise off of them. It's very fun. And uh, we'll be at San Francisco Sketch Fest on January 20th and 21st. It's white women. Sorry. San Francisco Sketchfest. Ske- yeah, San Francisco that's Sketch cool. Fest in uh, January. So if you have any San Francisco listeners, white women will be there January 20th and 21st at the Piano Fight Theater. And uh, I think that's where we're playing at. And uh, you can come see Rich and Bored. At uh, at UCB Franklin, uh, I believe the next one is on. Let me check my calendar. And this
1: is the the the, the was a spank, but now spank yeah, but with now... uh, Ego and written by Patrick, Patrick. Donald, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is the guy you were talking about earlier?
2: Yeah, I want to say it's on Tuesday, December thirteenth. Okay, perfect. Is the next one that uh, me and Ego no them and written by Patrick McDonald. And Amy Hessler's in it and directed by Bradford Evans. Uh, and that'll be the next one that we do, I do believe. And uh, if not, check your local listings. <laughs> Just My <laughs> name's on the funny. UCB Performer page. Mm-hmm. Go look at it. It'll have all my shows up there. Yeah. And Are you uh, still doing Afros? Still doing Afros. We only got three yeah. more. Yeah. Um, it'll be over on December 16th. Uh, So, we got not this Friday, but next Friday and the two Fridays following that, and that'll be it.
0: Is Lindsay still doing it? Lindsay is still in it. Uh, yeah. She graduated with me in conservatory. Nice. I yeah, love She's her. still in it. She's and, great. Uh, we're all check that out. In. That
1: show's amazing. It's yeah. fun show. Yeah. Come check it out. Let's Friday it out.
2: nights at 8 p.m. at the Second City, Hollywood.
1: And go Hulu the shit out of Mad TV so two of our friends keep their jobs. Yeah, Hulu the uh, shit out of
2: Mad TV. Um, oh, Hulu the shit out of Party over here, even though that's already over, just go back and watch those sketches and make it into like a cult classic. that was yeah. like, Oh, gone too soon. <laughs> um, Hulu the shit out of Mad TV. Watch Are you
0: coming the- back for a second uh season for Mad? Uh, I
2: hope so. Yeah, we don't know. They that. haven't they they decided yet. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't They have until like next year to tell us. Oh, really? Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Like as performers or as the, as the show in general? The show in general. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we got a minute. Got a minute. Cool. So and maybe you, get, maybe you get bumped up to a performer. Is that a thing that can that happen? That would
2: be dope. Yeah, that would be fun. But, yeah. you know, I liked writing, too. Yeah. I liked being in the writer's room, being able to control. We got a lot of directorial power, so that was always fun. It was a good, a good move to be like, hey, this is how I want it to be done. Yeah. So fucking do it. I was always I su- Do what I said.
1: <laughs> I was always surprised at how the first Mad TV, like, ended up being, because there were some amazing writers on that. There was... Uh, Patton Oswald. Pat Oswald, Colton Dunn was a writer Dunn for. Was on it. there, yeah. Um, he, re- he referred
2: me to the new one, so. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a cool a good buddy dude. Buddy
1: of mine. Um, there's a, uh, a, girl.
2: There's a lot of girls. Yeah, yeah a lot of girls. Lot of girls. God, girl. That's that
1: memory thing I was talking about earlier, man. <laughs> um, uh, the only thing I really have is just come watch Miss Smith, um, at I O. Yeah. Uh, we're I don't we don't have an actual set roster yet until next year. So our next show's December 11th. Great. The yep. segue Dad Jeans, December eleventh, nine oh, yeah. PM And uh, also a show. IOS. Oh sorry. No, keep going. Dad Jeans, and then after you was us, and then after that is a show called First Timers, where it's comedians doing things they've never done before. Last month I had to do a mime act. Next month I have to Yodel. The audience picks what we have to do for the next month. Ugh. And sounds awful. Yeah, I've had a battle rap, which was probably the worst. And then um <laughs> The worst because he did bad. Because I did poorly. And then <laughs> Mime. And then Mime was a lot of fun, actually, but Yodeling seems like it's going to really not be a whole lot of. Maybe fun, but
2: like. It'll be hard. fun, but it might be like. What you're probably worried about is like the audience is probably going to be like, I don't fucking, fucking want to watch this. this. like yeah. You picked
1: this. You, you did. This. Yeah, that, but the ones that pick it don't necessarily <laughs> don't have to come, come back. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's a guy at their last show who did slam poetry. Right? Yeah, he did slam poetry, yeah. Yeah, and it was. Uh... Really good, but Jeremiah hated it and <laughs> called him out on it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I thought it was really good, but it's a comedy show,
2: you know? Right. Do you write it before – like, do you have a month to, like, write it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they get two to four weeks notice that they're going to be in the next. So, like, there's two guys – me and a guy named Patrick do every month and because we, like, host it. And then everybody else, we just – either they, they get, like, two to four weeks to kind of tell us what they want to do. Mm-hmm. It, they can't ever have done it before, so it couldn't be like – an improviser trying a new form, or a stand-up trying a new set, but it could be like four stand-ups who have never done improv doing mm-hmm. and doing like a montage. That oh, would, okay. Yeah. Ooh. It's a weird show.
2: Man, and scary. It's super awkward. I don't yeah. like doing stuff. I don't. I'm
1: uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. Um, cool, man. So I guess Great. that's it. Thanks a lot for doing this, man. Thanks, Thanks for having girl. me, guys. Appreciate it, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. Best. You guys ready to start the
1: second episode now? Yeah, let's, let's do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bye. Later. Hey, it's Josh Sibson. And Jake Jabour From The Meat Improv. The Meat Improv is a comedy podcast where we bring on the best comedians in the world to tell meaty stories from their lives, and then they do improv comedy with us. You don't think we're good at improv? Check out this little snippet from Jake Jabour's real life. Hey, where's all my cats? <laughs> he never knows. The Meat Improv. You can listen to it on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. That's The Meat Improv.